103, that was the appointed psalm, right? You got it, 103? I'm trying to remember where this came from. I think it came from Jeanette, maybe, but I don't see her. So I do too, but we got to go anyway, because that's where we're. So 103, 103. Okay, so it's a little longer than the other ones, or at least longer than the ones I've been doing here. Um, take a look at it. Let's have a read through. Ask yourself, uh, you know, just, this is just for fun now. Just ask yourself what's happening here. You know, what's going on? Uh, what kind of situation do you find yourself? So you got it, 103. You need some help? All right, here we go, 103. And you'll, I'm reading maybe a different translation, so just tend your translation that you've got. Bless the Lord, my soul, my innermost heart. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, my soul, and forget none of his benefits. He pardons all my guilt and heals all my suffering. He rescues me from the pit of death and surrounds me with constant love, with tender affection. He contents me with all good in the prime of life, and my youth is ever new like an eagle's. The Lord is righteous in his acts. He brings justice to all who have been wronged. He taught Moses to know his way and showed the Israelites what he could do. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, long-suffering, and forever constant. He will not always be the accuser or nurse his anger for all time. He has not treated us as our sins deserve or requited us for our misdeeds. For as the heaven stands high above the earth, so his strong love stands high over all who fear him. Far as east is from the west, so far has he put our offenses away from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on all those who fear him. For he knows that for he knows how we were made. He knows full well that we are dust. Men's days are like the grass. He blossoms like the flowers of the field. A wind passes over them, and they cease to be. And their place knows them no more. But the Lord's love never fails those who fear him. His righteousness never fails their sons and their grandsons who listen to his voice and keep his covenant, who remember his commandments and obey them. The Lord has established his throne in heaven, his kingly power over the whole world. Bless the Lord, all his angels, creatures of might who do his bidding. Bless the Lord, all his hosts, his ministers who serve him well. Bless the Lord, all created things, in every place where he has dominion, bless the Lord, my soul. All right. That's a Tazay piece you recognize, remember? Yeah, right? So that kind of runs through. In fact, a couple of them. The end of 27 was a Tazay piece. This is a Tazay piece. So um, what's going on there? Just, uh, just initially, what's cooking? What do you say? Sorry? Mercy's going on. Good. Thanks is going on. Good. What else? Suffering and, hope. suffering and hope are going on. Good. Suffering, suffering and hope. Keep going. What else? If you were going to think about it, you know, you read this and it's, <clears throat> on the first read it may seem sort of scattered to you. Um, and that's actually okay. You can read through and just sort of 
get the individual bits going on. But there is a bit of a form to it. Um, what's he actually doing here? Who's he talking to? Yeah, he's talking to himself. Who said that? Donna. Yeah, he's talking to himself. Donna, do you talk to yourself? You do? Because there's, there's treatments for that kind of stuff. Yes, exactly. If you answer yourself. <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> some, some, yes, they are ones that you want. Okay, so he's talking to himself. So you've got what you've got going here is some sort of self-reflection, some sort of prayer, right? Uh, but my so here's my first question. Do you have something besides bless or does everybody have bless the Lord my soul? Anybody have a different translation? Yeah, praise the Lord my soul. It's interest that's interesting. Um, what's the Hebrew word? You all know it. Remember, like confirmation, double credit for any foreign language answers. <laughs> so uh, what's the Hebrew word? Come on. It's like falling off a log. Nobody really? Barak. 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 Like your president's first name. Barak is the Hebrew. Bless. So um, it can mean, it can mean, you said praise? Uh, that's a, that is um, not wrong. Uh, uh, <laughs> Well, it's just not. It's uh, it's uh, it's four. It's four. Uh, it's four. It's four levels down. So, um, you remember when Kleinig was here? I, I can't remember what he said where because I heard him talk so many times. But remember that he said his most effective way to deal with postmoderns. Um, Twenty years ago, you'd say to people, "Could I pray for you?" And that still had kind of a modern ring. But with postmoderns, he regularly says to people. If they, if they find out he is a pastor, that he, and you can do this too, it's not restricted to pastors, he says, he says may I bless you? And he's, he's found that to be a, almost no one will reject a blessing. Okay? So blessing means something like a, a, a giving of something. This is also the same word, barak is not only the word to bless, it's also the word to kneel which is a good Hebrew way of talking because we're Greeks. We grew up in the West. We're more Greek than we are Hebrew. Uh, you know, Jesus was a Hebrew. So was David. So was Abraham. And there's a point here a little farther down the psalm where it says, uh, kind of talks body and soul talk, right? Oh, it's the first line. Bless the Lord my soul in my innermost heart. Bless his holy name. If you say heart and soul and you're a Hebrew, you're talking about how you think and how you feel, which is a way to wrap everything up. So... Um, this is, it's interesting that it's also the word for kneel because in the scriptures, as you know, your lips and your hands are always supposed to be on the same page. So you have these, when, when the Lord wants to condemn people, he says, wow, your lips are here, but your heart is a long ways away from me. Remember that? It means that you talk a big ball game, but you don't do what you're supposed to do. And that makes us all nervous because we're Lutherans and we still struggle with the doing bit because God forbid anybody do a good work because somebody might think you earn something. Well, I mean, the Hebrews don't have that problem. So, in some ways, um, this, this word goes, it, it first means to bless, then it means to kneel, then it can mean to congratulate. So, congratulations to Hanson's next-door neighbors who just had a new baby. Uh, and then that gets all the way to praise. Okay? 
But it is, um, the first thing would be, you know, what do you congratulate God for? He doesn't certainly need your congratulations. So then I, frankly, he doesn't need your praises. Uh, So why congratulate him? Why praise him? Why bless him? Why kneel down? Why do you do that? Yes. When you... Good. Yeah, so you're, you're grateful for that, right? So I've put it to you um, in different ways. You know, I've said to you, do you pray your prayers? Um, or do your prayers pray you? Or I think it was Bernard of Clairvaux who said, do you interpret your Bible, or does your Bible interpret you? That's my question. Thank you very much. He says to you in, the, in other places, I've got 10,000 rams, I don't really need your sacrifice, right? Okay, good. So that's the point. It, that's exactly the question I want to ask because blessing implies a doing and doing implies a giving and he's already got everything. So what do you buy the person who has everything? So how do you bless him? So now I want to thank you, okay, an experience. Yes, okay, fine. So press, just press... Press your answer. Good. Press your answer. So what experience um, What experience could you give to God that he hasn't had before? Thank you very much. Yes, all of those are right. He doesn't, now think of the gospel, he doesn't force you to do anything. So heaven is a poorer place if you're not there. That's the reason you go out and tell people about Jesus. Every creature is meant to come home. Heaven is a poorer place if you're not there. The Lord's ears don't ring as full if you don't pre- if you don't if you don't praise Him, if you don't bless Him, if you don't say your prayers. The world is a lesser place if you don't if if, if He doesn't have your blessing. So it's not that He needs it. So so here's where I'm pushing you. And maybe I started with something that was too complicated. Um, when you praise God. Are you praising God for God's sake or praising God for your sake? I'd be happier if I got a both, but I'll take yours. Right. So it, it, it cuts both ways. When you, it's, it's not because God has need of blessing, but in the blessing so many good things happen. You understand the order of the universe. You remind yourself of what's happening. It heals you up. It does all kind of good for you. So... I'm encouraging you, I think the psalmist is encouraging you, toward your prayers, because it's good for you and good for God, if you can understand good for God in the right way. Does that make sense? That makes any sense at all? You still okay? Thank you, Betty. <laughs> it should make some sense. All right, so um, now, uh, you know, how does blessing, your baracking, how does that go? Um, if you were going to try to think about pieces of the psalm. Maybe we should just do them one at a time. Um, just take one through five. Does your, does your, uh, my Bible naturally breaks, and now, and you remember, of course, the verses and the breaks aren't in here, but my Bible naturally breaks after five, and naturally breaks after 18. Does yours break there, too? Okay, so let's try to figure out uh, what each of those What's happened in each of those sections? Let's just presume the guys who put the Bible together got a, got, had a good idea. So in 103, this verse, this, Bless the Lord my soul, my innermost heart, bless his holy name. That's kind of intro to the whole thing. 
Bless the Lord my soul, forget none of his benefits. He pardons my guilt, he heals my suffering, he rescues me from the pit of death, he surrounds me with constant love, with tender affection, he condenses me with the good in the prime of life, and my youth is ever like uh, an eagle's. How would you put all that together? Or if you wanted to put it all together, how would you do that? Or is it possible to put it all together? Can you do it? Right? You can say it that way. It's okay, Betty. Praise will work. So, uh, but uh, how do you how do you put that how do you put all that together? What are all the things he does for you there? Right. Um, good. Okay. Well, here's the thing. When 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 the scripture says, it says actually don't forget. So don't forget. Whoops. Don't forget is the same as remember. And when the scriptures say remember, what's the scripture saying? Say it. Yes, that's right. So that's the way remembering is, to remember is to have faith, and it's also to be faithful. Because this is your head, uh, well, hmm, ah, be faithful. I was going to say this is your head and this is your heart. So this is... Um, I was going to say, I, see, I'm, I'm trying to impose something. I was going to say thinking and doing, but that's not quite good enough because that's still a Greek way of talking. But um, this is, or this is knowing or believing, and this is living. Okay, so you, get, you just sort of get the normal run through. This, this may not be quite as interesting to you, but um, if you're having a bad day, this is, this is actually pretty good stuff. He pardons. In fact, if you just read them to me, can you just tell me what the ones are there? Can you just give me the list of what you get? Go ahead. The first one is pardons. He pardons guilt. Good. What's the next one? He redeems. Redeems. Does he say what he redeems? Right. Okay, good. Okay, good. What's the next one? Crowns. That's Mine doesn't have that. What Crowns what? Oh, that's kind of fun. Okay. Love and compassion? Hmm. Here says mercy. All right. What else have you got? Yeah, mine says contents there. Satisfies is good. Satisfies. And what's the what's the bogey? What's the other side? Hmm. Gotcha. Okay. So satisfies desires would be actually be better. That's interesting, with good things. Okay, good. And is there another one in that list? Yes, so that you get to be new. So you get a fresh start. So you get, so that you're fresh. All right. Um, I love those guys in there. Uh, if I said to you, what do you want to pray for upstairs, this pretty much brings everything you've got. You got sins and you feel guilt and shame, right? No sin, no guilt, but if you got sins, you got a lot of things. Redemption is the buyback point. So he comes and gets you. Whatever has got a grip on you, he comes and pulls you out of that. Um, this crowning thing of love and compassion. You, know, you get this kingly image of him giving you a gift, uh, but not the sort of gift you might naturally want. He gives you love and compassion. 
And I, it's in terribly interesting that he satisfies your desires um, with good things, which means in some ways he adjusts what you want to his answer. You may want a whole bunch of things, uh, but he won't give you the bad things to satisfy your desires. Or you might say it in a different way. Um, you might, in fact, get bad things that satisfy your desires, but they didn't come from him. So he only speaks good to you. And in the end, if you want a fresh start, um, this is the way to do it. Now, in some sense, I feel like that's just kind of going off you like water off a duck's back. You're very quiet today, <laughs> making me startlingly nervous. All right, okay, well, let's do the next bit. All right, well, just, just hold on to this. This may be, well, you don't have to, okay, good. So the, the next bit may be a bit more challenging. Uh, let's just, let's, all right, so just, just hold on to that. Um, maybe that's stuff that you know all the time, and you hold that in front of you, and that's fine. One shouldn't presume ill. All right, so now give me the next section. What's, the, what's, what's cooking from 6 to 18? You know what, I think one probably stands alone in your Bible too, does it? In yours it does. What happens is you have a verse, one, explained by two through five. You have a verse six explained by seven through 18, and a verse 19. Now, now here's the thing. It partly, um, I thought the first five verses would resonate with you more, but it may be just be that you know that well. Um, Let's do the next bit because it's a bit it's a, it's more experiential. I want to I want to practice a little bit. What's the overriding? If you had to say, you know, what's the one thing? So in the first bit, he basically says, remember. Okay, that's your first that's your first thing going on, and that's a classic Hebrew way of talking. Remember means have faith, means live the life, means be a child of Israel, means remember all the stories. It happened to Moses. It happened to you. You may know that well enough that you wake up every morning and think about that. Um, but the next part uh, may be a little more, maybe a little closer to home. What does, um, if you had to say in a word or two, if you had to sum up in a word or two, 6 to 18, what's the primary concern? Forgiveness is in there. Good. Okay. So gracious parent. Kind of hold on to these, okay, because we're going we're gonna to try and wrap all these. So we had gracious parent. What was the first one? Help me out. Forgiveness. Okay. So hold forgiveness. Hold gracious father. Um, what else? Say that again. Slow to anger. Thank you very much. You're also chipper and calm this morning. Um, I think there's more angst in the psalmist than you maybe either have or perhaps are admitting. There is humility. Go ahead, Carol. Thank you. Right. Yes, it is. That's the most honest thing that's been said yet this morning. So um, let's just take you, Carol. 
with your enlivened sense of justice. That would be a ha happy. That would be a happy thing. So, in the middle uh, is justice. Okay. Now, if you don't get justice, what happens to you? Yes, when you don't get justice, how do you feel? Yes. Right. And when you feel angry, it's too bad you love the baby Jesus so much because it really wrecks my lesson. <laughs> All right, hold on a second, because the thing is, is you may be reading good Lutheran stuff in there that may not be in the text. Oh, don't be sorry, because that's going to be the big finish. So you want to hold that answer. But um, the Lord, when, when you have a psalmist, you guys have read enough psalms now. When the, Lord, when, when the psalmist begins, when he starts by saying, the Lord is righteous in his acts, he brings justice to all who have been wronged. Just kind of start with that, okay? So the first thing is somebody punched you in the nose, right? So that would hurt. So start then with evil. Okay? I mean, that's where the psalmist starts. You've been wronged. When so, go ahead. <coughs> Have you ever awakened in the middle of the night angry about anything? Yes. I mean, maybe it doesn't happen to you. Maybe, you know, Betty, everything's just fine. How do you sleep at night, Betty? Oh, I yeah. Oh, I have oh, that's okay. <laughs> okay, let's just, I'm going to go to somebody else now because I just want to, I'm just trying to get the ball rolling. I'm not actually want to engage in full blast psychoanalysis, okay? So here's the thing. Don't any of you people wake up in the middle of the night? Good. Call my wife, would you, at three? She hasn't gone to bed yet. It's not she's woken up. She hasn't gone to bed yet at three. How many? So okay. So good. So I mean, I just uh, here's what I'm a little nervous about. I you know, given all that's happened in the congregation, I know everybody's kind of trying to, you know, which is good because we could use a little more of. But this is reality. Oh Lord, give me righteousness. I'm angry because bad stuff has happened. Evil things have happened. That makes me angry, and I want justice. Right? I mean, that's what the text says. The Lord is righteous in his acts. So I'll go all the way to the end. Um, now, I, quite, I haven't quite figured out how I'm going to do this yet. But there'll be something about, um, well, it says the Lord. Is it in capital letters? It has to be in capital letters. It is in capital. So that's the covenantal name. And then, of course, that's Christ. And then Christ is faithful. And you notice that's talk about Christ and not about you. So the end game is going to be, that, and then that, does it say righteous there? Read, somebody just read me the text, 6. Good. Right. That's you, Carol. That was the oppressed part. That's the evil part that's the oppressed. Yes, there. Now we're now we're doing better. Okay, good. Say it again. <coughs> Don't know. Sometimes I just read you the text and leave it there. Cranky widow. 
That's, that's certainly has to be a, just an illusion. That's never actually happened. <laughs> Pesterful. There's no, no such woman on earth. Jesus is just talking kind of, imagine if possibly someday, somewhere. Not any of you people, but you know. So the Lord is righteous and all. You can hold that story. Yes. What does the woman want in the story? She wants to be. A woman came to a judge because she wanted to be. What, what was the word that was even in there, though? Justified. It was even a stronger word. Do you remember what the text was? She wanted to be. She wanted to be vindicated. She wanted to be right, and she wanted everybody to know it. Right? Now, here's the thing. There's actually nothing wrong with that. Um, there's nothing wrong with justice. There's nothing wrong with vindication. It's just that it can be kind of a harsh environment. I mean, Jesus himself says, live by the sword, die by the sword. Okay? See, p- partly, we read the scriptures and we think, that, we think that this is sort of fell down from heaven as if it never applied. You know, here's this crazy, crazy heavenly thing and we should just try to apply it to our lives. The psalmist is writing out of his guts. I've been oppressed by evil people. I'm really angry, and I want justice. You still have to go back to Carol. You still have to go back to your very kind thing. But just read the text for what it is. The Lord is righteous, okay? And righteous goes easily with right, and that's the opposite of evil. So the Lord will get it right. I put that kind of at the end. He brings justice to those who have been wronged. So he brings it. This is what he brings. Okay. Now, an example. Verse 7, the Moses story. How did Moses and the Israelites get vindicated? Tell me the Moses story in five sentences or less. How did they get vindicated? The Exodus, yeah. They get, they're made slaves. They're not a people. They don't have any gods. They don't have any land. They're being killed left and right. And he releases them. Think back now, one of the things that happened in the first five verses is that they get redeemed. So he taught Moses to know his way and showed the Israelites what he could do. Taught and showed lips and hand, full blast Hebrew stuff. Now finally, Carol, a text to go with your brilliance. The Lord is compassionate and gracious long-suffering, and ever-constant. So now you've got, I've got compassionate, is that going to be gracious, long-suffering, constant, which is very nice. So he's always there till the end. What else have you got? What other translation have you got for those words? The Lord is, whatever verse that is. Sorry? Abounding in love. That's good. You're so slow to anger right here. Abounding in love. Steadfast goes with constant. Steadfast. What was the one that was before that? Slow to anger. That goes with this. That's got to go with that, right? Slow to anger. Patient. There you go. You got any other words? Say it again. Chide. I thought you were ordering tea. <laughs> uh, sorry. Yes. He won't. No. He won't. He won't chide. Oh, that's actually. That's actually. That's very. 
You know what? That's very. That's actually very practical, because chiding is chiding is this, right? No chiding. That would be. We could have a new Saint John rule. No chiding. That would be. I wonder how that would change our life together. What's that? Tithing, tithing, no chiding. Yes, you see. Uh, see how the spirit works. Now what are you going to do? And I'm just writing it down out of the text. You've got to see the Lord about it if you want a different answer. You're right. Okay, so okay, so I'm just asking you. I'm, uh, okay, good. That, that's good. That's actually it's brilliant, actually. Thank you very much. All right, so here, here's, okay, so you wake up in the middle of the night. It's 3 a.m., right? You're not sleeping well. What is it that crabs at you? You remember the Kleinig lecture about how evil? You remember his very brilliant, if you heard Kleinig on that evening where he said, there's evil, and if it goes unreconciled, do you remember what he said you do with it? What did he say? Do you remember? He said you play it like a video loop in your head, and, and, the, and the, the sides get farther apart, and your anger grows, and you don't talk, and it just keeps going, your anger builds, and it, you just, you remember that when he was talking about that? This is, this is a classic way that, you, so you can't sleep at night, and you have to hate people, and there's no possibility for reconciliation, no other facts can be admitted to the story, and it builds, and it builds, and it, I know this never happened to any of you, but unless you've been married or had kids. That was a Luther bit. I, I remember that too. He just stays after you. Just keeps. Yes, right. Yes. Which may be why the scriptures say, don't let the sun go down on your. So here's the thing. Somebody has wrath there? That's fun. So is your anger a bad thing? When somebody when somebody's mean to you, is your anger a bad thing? Why isn't your anger a bad thing? It can be a good thing, and emotion is okay. No, it's not. And one more over here. Is your anger a bad thing? What do you think? Yes, when you sin. Now, Leslie, let's just take you, because you seem to be a reasonable person. But you talk, so it's really fun to just go right at you now. So uh, how, 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 hmm, can you tell me? How you can have anger and not be sinful? Because here's the thing. Anger is, a, is, in some sense, a legitimate response to evil, right? Thank you. So if we get, we get the Lord. Did I tell you about before the Easter where I was wrestling with my brother and I had him in, like, the death grip? And then I pushed him back. No kidding, this was, like a, this was like a movie. And I pushed him back against the table, and he hit it, and the legs broke off, and the table collapsed. Have I told you that story? Because I thought, you know, Jesus turned the tables over, so it's okay for me to do it too. Anger, anger, it's all okay. That was really a long day. That was not good. Okay, so it's a little different. So now my question is, what's the little difference? I still want to know what the value of your anger is, and I'm digging for parameters, if there are any, or the transition from how your anger becomes God's anger. Now go. Thank you very much. But I'm a, I shouldn't say but, thank you very much, period. And I am a practical man. So I want you to press, and not to be you, I want the group to press, everything you said is right, but you haven't given me a prescription. You've simply said, um, 
See, I don't, I don't want to say anything pejorative about what you said. What I'm asking you is for the application now. Everything you said is exactly right, period. Now, what's the application? Because if I, if I let you go and all you have is a list of things, you won't know what to do with the list of things. So, now, so I'm asking a very practical question about your anger. It is diagnostic. Thank you very much. How do you use the hammer that you just bought from the Ace store? Holly, go. Thank you. How do we know that he'll get that right? Do you get everything you pray for? Just wanted, I just wanted a sloppy, immature answer, and I asked the wrong person. Here's the thing. If I, if I lay a trap, would you please step into it? It'll just make the whole thing go easier, you know. Just, it just, it'll just be a little... <laughs> That's right. My favorite prayer thing is the one from, I think it is Bernard de Clairvaux, too, who said, remember, that was a margin comment, too. When I pray, the Lord gives me what I ask for something better. And that's just, it's not being so good. Well, and see, that's, that's part of the problem. The anger, as Mary said, comes naturally. It's your emotion. Does anybody have a Bible? And can anybody remember what the Bible says about your anger? If you could quote one verse about anger, what verse would you quote? Thank you. That's the practical side of um, all that Rebecca said. So how long? What's the roughly, what's the half-life of your anger? <laughs> for, good. For a normal person, for a normal human being, what's the outs? Go ahead. Yes, the Lord's answer will be the right answer. Bless you, my child. You're exactly right. So he gives you an answer, but none of you seem to be glomming onto it. The, the text says, Carol? You just, no, the text you just quoted. Didn't you quote it from memory? Says? So what's rough, roughly the length of time that you can be angry without it going bad? Yes, okay. So you get, you get daylight. No, see, that's the thing. You have you roughly you have roughly the length of a day, okay? So about 12 or 14 hours, depending on how long you stay up. So this is the practical side of Rebecca. Rebecca gave you all the theology, okay? You did just uh, here's what it is. Here's what it looks like. I want to be vindicated. That hurt when you punched me in the nose. I could punch back. I could get this done. But here's why your anger is good. Your anger tells you what you love. So you get punched in the nose. You say, actually, I rather liked my nose when it didn't look, you know, like this, right? <laughs> then you need to sort it out without anger. Okay. Right. 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 So it's alone with somebody else and excommunicate. How long 
the, what's the time frame? That's Matthew 18. What's the time frame in which all that is set to happen? Actually, you're quoting, uh, good, now you've gone to a second thing, which is Matthew 5. So it does say if you go to the altar with your gift and you realize your brother has something against you, then go. So, okay, so you got, but, uh, so they're connected. One's Matthew 5, one's Matthew 18. And then connected to don't let the sun go out on your anger. So here's the thing. How long, sorry? Exactly, that's a new day. You're a good, you're a good Jew. So what time do you get up, Carol, in the morning? So you have roughly 12 hours to work through your anger. You can hold your anger for roughly 12 hours. You know, people say that, but real honestly, go upstairs today and just see how many people are really angry. You know, it's like eating yogurt that has an expiration date of, you know, October 20th. You might be able to eat it yet today and get by, but tomorrow, who knows, okay? So it's just unlucky if Doug says something to you crabby right before he rolls over and goes to sleep. Now you got an issue, right? What are you going to do? I don't, you can stay up, but it actually doesn't say one day it says don't let the sun go down. So, because otherwise you wake up in the middle of the night and only Maddie's awake then. I, I wonder if you could unmuddle, all of you could unmuddle the anger from the resolution of the anger. Okay? There's a difference. There's, I, it was a trick question over here. Thanks for playing along. In Matthew 18, there, in Matthew 18, there is no time limit. I mean, I'll just take what all the stuff we've been through in the congregation. I'm getting emails almost every day that says some, something to the effect like, get this resolved. Exclamation point. Here's the thing, man. It's like a wet, it's like a marriage. If you're mean to your wife for ten years and you blow your marriage up, it's gonna take you about ten years to get out of that. You can't have, everybody can't be mean in a congregation to each other for six months or a year and then write a couple of emails and say, Well, let's just finish that up by noon today. That life doesn't work that way. All the crud you put into a system has to work its way out, which is why you Stop after one day putting crud back into the system, even if it's legitimate. Okay, so just I'm trying to try to separate. This happens. Okay, somebody had their hand up. I'm not being fair to you. Go ahead. Don't you feel that's an? I, I I'll just speak for myself. I find that an extraordinarily intimidating passage, because I don't I don't try any. That to me is righteous anger is such such a refined skill. I probably know, I, I bet I can't think of five people who I think can, not, I'm not one of them, I don't think, fi, I don't know five people who can be, be angry and not sin, just to be honest with you, or have a righteous anger. I, do you know anybody who can do it? I mean, God bless you if you do. Do you know anybody who you think, that's really a righteous anger, and boy, use that today well. Well, I mean, it, it's in the text. There must be some people around. I just have never bumped into any of them. Yeah, that's a very different thing. I, I want you to do that. I'm, see, because part of what that does is it tells you what you love. It also tells you what's just. Right? Yeah, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. Yes.
try try to separate the here's here's all I want you to thank you in the stepping back so so just all I'm this I'm trying to say a very simple thing to you there's a stopwatch on your anger when you get punched in the nose the clock starts and the scriptures not me say something like you got about 12 hours if you're lucky enough to have it first thing in the morning if it's dug right before bed you've got about 12 minutes Okay, uh, that's just, I just want you to understand that because it puts the righteous anger in context. The clock is running, okay? So you need to get all of this done in the daylight. Right? This is all, it doesn't mean, you don't need to do that. You don't need to do that. The stepping back, the going to worship, the getting your, going, going yourself and then getting somebody else and then executing. We don't, like, we don't drag, you don't go to somebody at 8 a.m., drag him before the elders at noon and excommunicate him at 4 there's no time limit on the resolution part. There's a time limit on the anger part. Why? Because if anger festers, it just explodes all over the place, and it can't any longer be used for good. When people don't, and I'm going to let you talk. Just let me say one more thing. When people don't go immediately to people who have offended them, I mean, I'll just tell you, stuff that happened a year ago, nobody knows what happened a year ago. I, nobody knows. Because you know what? I have a memory, and you have a memory, and you have a memory, and you have a memory, and we all remember it differently, and you said, and I forgot that, and blah, blah, blah. Nobody, this is the problem with letting things sort of fester, because nobody can remember. You're crabby at your son-in-law, and you can't, because of Christmas three years ago, what did he do? I don't know, but it was just really, nobody can remember that, right? Can you? Can you remember? Because what do people say? I didn't do that. I didn't say that. You said, I didn't, no, I didn't. So you, it makes it impossible if you let your anger go. I'm going to go this way across, okay? Holly first. What you describe is real life. So just let me just say, ask you about death to describe life. If we're Christians and we believe in the resurrection, why do we grieve so at funerals? Because we know there's a resurrection. Why do we, if you have a death in your family, if I talk to you the day of the death, you're broken, you can't speak, you can't sing, you weep. Five years later I talk to you, you're a completely different person, right? If you're a Christian. There's some measure of healing. That's the answer to your question. The answer to your question is, when, when we're confronted by evil, when we're oppressed, when we're hurt, it takes a long time to work through that. And the less mature you are as a Christian, the longer it takes. In fact, if you're fairly new at being a Christian, you get in this loop of rage and you just stay here. You never come out. You just, it just keeps going. It just, this is what it is. This becomes your life, right? So what I'm, I'm asking the most practical of all questions, and it's in the text. I'm asking the most practical of all questions. When you feel this way, what you want is justice. I want this. I want to get squared up. I'd like my nose straightened out, and I'd like the guy who punched me to be arrested, and frankly, I'd like to tap his homeowner's insurance for, I don't know, $2 million. What's his umbrella policy? That's what you want, right? So you want justice as a satisfaction for your wrath and your rage. Now, here's the thing. Justice is a good thing. If you don't have justice, what's the opposite of justice? Chaos. 
Yeah, if you don't get justice, then you're going to get chaos. So, you know, here's the thing. No chaos. Chaos is the mark of the demonic. When things are chaotic, you know the devil is stirring the pot. Order is the way of Jesus. Chaos is the way of the devil. It's one of the most basic spiritual principles there is. Yes, you get, and I, I wouldn't even say, I don't even want to say set aside. I'm, I'll say to you, you can embrace your anger for 12 hours or less. That's what the text says. That's not me. That's what the text says. The text says, don't let your son go down your anger. You can embrace your anger because your anger tells you what you love. Your anger tells you what's just. Your anger is a reaction against chaos. Justice is a really good thing. It's a really good thing. It's just that if we have justice, everybody's dead. Right? Even you, Betty. Dead! Marley was dead. Dead as a doornail. It's almost the season. So, if ultimate justice means everybody's dead, do you get that? Carol, we're still going to go to your hopeful side. Do you understand that? If you get what you deserve, we're all dead. Yes, Judy, you've been very patient. A country is a very, a very different thing than a church, and I'm not, I'm not good enough to go there today. But I'll just tell you, here's the thing. Part of the problem is, just sort of part of the problem is, is and you can, I think in Alice, there are competing notions of justice. So just take the last one you gave. If you take five people convicted of being terrorists, of war crimes, are they tried as soldiers or as civilians? One person's justice is another man's injustice. Okay. Now, just I'm, now I'm going to step way back from that because I can't. That's not my expertise. You need a politician for that. But in the church, it's very clear what justice is. Justice is described in the Ten Commandments, right? Or love your neighbor as yourself. That's justice. The problem is, if you want justice applied, if you want justice, if you really want justice, that means it happens to everybody thoroughly, right? And if it happens to everybody thoroughly, we're all dead. You got it? Does that make sense? But that doesn't mean justice is a bad thing. So now, if Carol Holter could save us, Yes, you could if you if you appealed to something larger than yourself. If you had the answer way earlier, look at the psalm. The Lord is righteous in all his acts. Here's the Lord. The Lord is righteous in all his acts. Everything he does is righteous. So the day starts evil, and the day is going to end righteous with the Lord. So the Lord is righteous in all his acts. What you're trying to do is get from here to here. The question is, how do you get there? The Lord is righteous in all his acts. He brings justice to all who have been wronged. So, out here, the Lord is faithful. There must be something. He brings justice. Or, as um, he squares it up. Or, he gets it right. Or he makes it right. How else would you say it? Do you have another way that you'd say it? 
Yes, he's doing all this. This is all, this is the, you notice I went through the Lord here, Betty. And I got him right here again. So the Lord is going to make it right. The problem is you have to live in the interim. You live in the interim where you are, have evil in the morning, and this is your future or your death. Okay? This is both tomorrow. I'm, I'm, I'm just kind of thinking this through. But I, 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 yes, okay, good. Uh, it's your next minute. What I'm trying to push you to is hopefulness for the future. So, I, yes, it is, it is, it is. I, only, I don't mean to say something detached from today. I mean that your life can be different. I was only using tomorrow or your death. I'll use, you know, 12 seconds from now if you want. Yes, I'm not disagreeing with you. It is your today. Yes, but the thing, yes, yes, exactly right. I'm pushing, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm exactly agreeing with you. But the, but the thing is, is what kind of Christ do you want? But the thing is, is there seems to be some ambiguity, which is the Lord will bring justice. So is that the sort of Lord you want? Because if it's that kind, we'll are going to be dead. The Lord's going to bring justice to all those who have been wronged. Here's the thing. There's an ambiguity. This is how you read it to me. You read these both out of the text. You read that list right there. He taught Moses to know the Lord is compassionate. The Lord is gracious. The Lord is long-suffering. The Lord is constant. Look at this. This is the best line in the whole thing. The Lord will not, this is verse 9, always be the accuser or nurse his anger for all time. So if you want it this way, this is the Lord as accuser. This is the list of the Lord as savior or as expiation or as propitiation, or as redeemer. And part of it is, in going to um, the rest of today or tomorrow, you've got to figure out which of these lords you want to hang out with. Okay? I need a bigger board. Yes, you're right. All right, I gotta I gotta rewrite this because otherwise it's gonna be mixed up. Can you remember this? This is the savior line. I'm just I pose this to you. Sorry, I, I uh, this is the savior line. Christ as savior. This is Christ as accuser line. Okay. It's so important for you to understand that doesn't mean that this is wrong. It's not that this is wrong. It's just that it ends in death. You understand? Okay, and it, it is, this ends in life. Now, that seems to me that there's one more piece here. And I, this is the one that I wonder whether or not, this seems to me to be the key between all your intellectual knowledge and you're actually living it out. Which is, what would this box be? So we started with evil, and that evil naturally brings rage and wrath and anger. And that what we want is righteousness, but righteousness can be the accuser or it can be the savior. And the psalm prefers one of these. He won't always be the accuser, right? And then we got this. The Lord is going to get it right. That was, the very, that was verse 6, wasn't it? Isn't the Lord going to get it right? 
Okay, so now there's got to be one more. What's the step between that and this? What's the, what's the practical step here that's going to deliver hope? What is it? Yes, all of that. This, it's all of this. It's all of this. All of this is the border around whatever this is. What in the world is it? No. The AOR people said, I wasn't to tell you the answers anymore. You're to figure them out for yourselves. There you go. Good luck. So, <clears throat> thank you. If you could have a text, you're a stronger person. Thank you very much. Go. Just read it. Just read them. Read them out. Read it. Verse 10 and then 18. Read them, whoever said them. Is that what you said? Don't give me blah, blah, blah. Read me exact. Not because I don't want the blah, blah, blah. I I'm not disagreeing with you. What I want is the exact word because I have a word in here that I'm, I just wonder if it's in, your, in yours. Verse 18. Or, or 17 and 18, please. Right. Well, who else has got, has anybody else got anything else besides doing? Oh, that's a frightening word, isn't it? Thank you. Now. Loosing or losing? Yes, he is talking about. Forgiveness is a lot of things, but it's not easy. Now, if any of you have read your scriptures, um, how would the scriptures describe this experience? What's the natural experience of a Christian? Maturing. Growing. Waiting. suffering. But I would suggest to you that all of this uh, talks about growth in Christ. Here's the reason why. Growth isn't about you. Growth is about the patience to do it the Lord's way and the confidence that he'll sort it out. You got it? This is extraordinarily practical. So, somebody does a horrible thing to you here at St. John's. Takes what you want most. That makes you exceptionally angry. Now, and it reveals what it is that you love. There's one of two ways you can deal with them. You can pray down pure justice on them. that the Lord will sort them out according to the letter of the law. And when you do that, you should know that Jesus says, live by the sword, die by the sword. Or you could pray that his righteousness would express itself in love, in compassion, in graciousness, in long-suffering. In steadfastness, in slowness to anger, that could even disappear, or in the way of the cross, 
which would be the way of life. Your choice. These are both good. This is good. Justice is good. Do you really want it? Because if you really want it, invoke it. But just know, as Jesus says, what you reap is what you sow. You want justice? You want merciless justice? You want everybody in their place? You want no mercy for people? You want no forgiveness? Okay. Okay. If that's what you want. But know that it's going to go across the land like a tidal wave. And at the end, everybody's dead. Or you can have the Lord and his righteousness in the way of all of these. Now here's the thing. The anger gets to last for a day. The growth lasts for a lifetime. And the only way that you move through, and purification is another way that's talked here, the fires of purification. The only way you move from here to here is with the utter confidence that it's the Lord who will, in fact, get it done. And he'll get it done the way he wants to get it done. And now, big finish, the Lord's default is mercy. If you won't have the cross, he'll give you the Red Sea. But it would be better for everybody if we had the cross. Got it? This is the most practical of all things. Yes, Barbara. To do what? What are you talking about? To do it. Okay, so here's the thing. An abused wife is a great example of this. Okay, so now think very carefully, though. So I'll pose it to you in the simplest way I can. Does a wife who lets her husband abuse her physically, emotionally, day after day, do her husband any favors. If you let somebody in... Okay, just just pause right there. Because that that's great. That's even a generational difference. I bet if you ask the younger women, and that came from your grandma somewhere, where a good wife was defined as, take whatever your husband dishes out. If I ask the younger women... Uh, good, good, okay, good, okay, so good, good, because I want to push you, so, so what I want to push you off is that that is not, that's not actually a good wife, if you can hear this in the right way for kind of, that's a bad wife, that's being a bad wife, to let your husband abuse you every day is not being faithful to your marriage vows, because you're not holding him accountable to what the Lord gives in marriage first, what the Lord gives in Christ, what the Lord gives in the Ten Commandments, right, so the first question we ever ask when women come in or are you safe? That's the first question. If you're not safe, your marriage is so mixed up that you may have to step apart. right? Because nothing can get done if you don't think you're safe. So here's the thing. In practical circumstances, we can take every one. I'm just asking you to test the grid that comes right out of this psalm. I mean, this is what it says. He prays because there's already evil. He's getting all banged up. Because he's all banged up, he's angry. Because he's angry, he plays for righteousness, but he recognizes that righteousness can come as pure justice, everybody's dead, is where I push that out to, or it can also come as this, Lord, you will not be angry forever. But even the Lord knows that everybody's dead if you do it this way. So what do you say? The Lord is angry for a day too, right? He's angry for a day and then he stops. Because if he stays angry, what happens? Everybody's dead. So why would you go through your life every day angry? Why would you do that? 
Because if you go through your life every day angry, everybody's dead, including you. It's a terrible way. Somebody, as somebody said to me the other day, they said anger is like um, being angry day after day is like drinking poison and hoping the other person will die. That's what it's right. That's what it's like. Now the problem is, if you choose this, you live here, and this is extremely difficult. Which is actually the place where St. John finds itself right now. If you choose this, you live here, and this comes, growth comes by fits and starts. So whoever said, uh, well, so we have a time on, limit on this, and then that was Mar- uh, Mar- uh, Mary Lou who said, and there's no time limit on this. So the whole thing about Matthew 18 could take weeks, months, years, right? Because even in our situation, St. John, there was weeks, months, years of living the wrong way. But you can only do this if you have the confidence in this. Make sense? Got it? So a great comment that Christ doesn't take weeks, months, years to forgive us. And here's the thing. So a lot of the Christian life is catching up to Christ. Catching up to Christ. He forgives immediately and perfectly. So be Christ to one another, or live as I live, or be conformed to the image of Christ. If you think of all this stuff, you're exactly right. So it's the gap. So the question is, how long is it going to take you? Now, I'll just ask you the question to which you know the answer, which is, if you want to speed the process of healing, if you're a medical person, what do you do? You keep the wound clean, you keep it covered, you add the antibiotic, you have it checked regularly by an expert. In the church, if you want to speed the process of healing, you go to the Eucharist every day and say your prayers every day, pray for those who hurt you, and forgive, 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 and remember the person you're talking to is a baptized child of God, and read your text. It's not that we don't know how to speed the process. It's that we don't speed the process, right? You're exactly right. The Christian life, this whole block right here, is just catching up to Jesus. Right? You should remember, however, that he died on the cross because of this and this. But you've got to tell the whole story there because she has enough for one. You're exactly right, but tell it all the way out because you'll only get to death and resurrection if you tell the whole story. She has enough for one more meal, and, the, and when she gives it to the prophet, let's have one more meal that you, that the boy and I may. So your story's even better than you're telling it, which is there's room for one more meal. The Lord's prophet appears. She gives all she's got. It's the widow with two mites from last Sunday. Now she's dead. And once you're dead, then you can be. There's only one story in Scripture. This is the story of Scripture. There's only one story. It's death and resurrection. It's evil and righteousness. It's righteousness by way of justice, which is pure, perfect, good. Don't hear me saying it's not. It is. The problem is, is it kills you. Or there is the alien righteousness of Christ. He does it on the cross, and he gives it to you as a gift. He physically touches you at the sacrament. He puts his name on you at baptism. You got it? 
This is the most practical of all things, this psalm. And it does, in fact, then teach you how to deal with your anger, and it does show you the way forward for reconciliation. And this will happen as fast as you can say yes to Jesus. The more yeses you give in the day, the faster it happens. And if you say no, or I'll have my own way, or I'll deal with this myself, or I'd like to keep my pets in, that slows the process. Got it? You might just puzzle over that. I was stunned when I kind of looked at the text for this week. That's probably enough, huh? You might just think about it. Might just, there's a way out, and it's a hopeful way out. This is hope on the far end. This is, this is, this is, actually, this is hope here. This would actually be resolution. That all things are resolved. Or all things are reconciled perfectly. Got it? So it's not like the Lord leaves you alone, doesn't show you the way out. He shows you the way out. There it is. Boop. Last, the last There'll be a last day. So you should welcome the last day, Betty. The Lord will get it right. I need to clean this up a little bit because it's, I, I, it's fairly fresh. But um, you, might just cons- you, might, you can help me with this if you think about it. Okay, let's pray and let's go. It's already over time. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen.